0: Welcome to A Love Like This. I'm Abby, I'm Paige, and we're so glad that you're here. We all face problems, both big and small, but having faith shines a whole new light on finding the right solutions. As we sit down each week with some incredible guests, our hope is that you would be encouraged to take heart in the troubles of the world and to put faith over everything.
1: This episode of A Love Like This is brought to you by Stonebreaker Lawyers. Stonebreaker Lawyers is a Christian law firm specializing in commercial and business law, wills and estate planning, and property contracting. If you're looking to purchase or sell a property, need a contract drafted, or just need a trusted legal advisor that shares similar faith values to you, visit stonebreakerlawyers.com.au. That's stone, B-R-A-K-E-R, lawyers.com.au.
0: Hey friends, we've got an extra special episode for you today. It's a little bit longer than usual, but we wanted to make sure our beautiful mum, Rachel Johnson, had as much time to share everything about her incredible, genuine faith. So our mum has been on the show before, as you guys may know, but since season one, she has grown so much in her faith. Today, we spoke about what having genuine faith actually means what it's like to truly love God, why she became a teacher, as well as why she decided to study counseling. Lastly, we spoke about the incredible power of being grateful and acknowledging God wings. We hope you guys enjoy this incredible episode. Today we're going to be talking about genuine faith in all areas of life, because as you know, like this, this season of our podcast is called Faith Solutions for Life's Problems. I love that. And um, yeah, well, it's faith over everything. So I feel like you're somebody, and Ben and I were discussing what we should do the episode on, and you're somebody who really, you know, when you hear the quote, like, practice what you preach, you're definitely somebody in our lives who definitely practices what they preach. You're oh, a walking example. <laughs> know, it's true, You're a try, walking but... example. Uh, That's what, really kind, guys. Of uh, <laughs> uh, what it looks like to live with genuine faith, and you're just amazing. So we're so excited to be talking about this with you tonight, um, Mama. We're going to kick it off with the first question. Yeah. <laughs> I really can't see on the flip.
2: What but, does genuine faith mean to you? Okay, so um, I was really grateful that you guys sent me these questions to prep, <laughs> um, and I I hope I've not overthought any of these answers. But the reason I wanted to really, really spend some time on them was because apart from the fact that it got me to really, really think and delve into what you were asking, um, I just wanted to, to to do them justice because they're really, really great questions. So um, what is genuine faith? So the way I approached this was I thought, okay, I'm going to go to my own resources and just kind of go you know, off what I think I know um, and it didn't really get me far. I I got confused and, you know, I didn't quite know how to answer it and different words were popping in my head. And I was like, how do I define this? So because I wanted to answer it properly and effectively, I broke it up into two parts and I, I approached it factually and biblically. Okay. Then I wanted to unpack it for a second because it's, um, such a, like I said, it's such a really thought-provoking question. It sounds really simple, you know, what is genuine faith? But the more I thought about it, the more I, you know, kind of went beneath it rather than just a surface-level answer, the more I discovered there's actually quite a lot involved with genuine faith. Um, so let us I thought let's just take a look at the word genuine first. And so what exactly is genuine or genuinity? So when when I looked at the dictionary meaning, <laughs> and and I guess it relates. Can you talk a teacher? To our, yes, I know. <laughs> and I guess that you know directly relates to our everyday understanding of it. Um, you know, my immediate response was, well, you know, let me see, genuine must be truthfulness, you know, authenticity, honesty, right? Anyway. But what I love about this question is that it really, really gave me that opportunity to think beyond just that surface level answer. It read truly what something is said to be, authentic and sincere. Then of course I thought, well, that's pretty good. You know, it's, it's the word genuine is truly what he said to be. It's authentic and sincere. That's kind of close to what I was thinking of. But then I thought, no, it's still not really hitting the nail for me. So then I went to scripture and there, I know, as you guys know, that's where you always find your answers. And I certainly did. And it, it you know, it certainly affirmed, you know, my, my curiosity, I guess. Anyway, I found that there are over 40 verses in the Bible that explain or give examples of what genuine means or, you know, gives you different scenarios where genuinity can, yeah, can be seen or is evident. Anyway, after quickly scanning over all 40 of these, (laughs) and I mean quickly, um, what I did was I highlighted the words that stood out and that became really, really dominant. And what I noticed were repeated in a lot of the verses. Um, And the words that really stuck out on, on, you know, for me and if you could kind of get a highlighter as you were reading through them were words like truthful, honourable, gentle, respectful, righteous, virtuous, just, and having a pure heart. So that really I don't know about you guys, but that painted a really clear picture of what the word genuine but that's only part of your question. Your question was what is genuine faith? So I thought, okay, if I've done that with genuine, I'm gonna do the same with faith. So then that way I can marry the two and hopefully come up with some kind of um clear cut idea. Um, faith, on the other hand, is in the Bible over one hundred times. So I found that really interesting. Um, and and again, I went to myself. I thought, okay, let's see how I can answer this if I had to just rely on me and not rely on on facts or, or scriptures. And I thought, okay, faith, faith. Well, the first thing that popped into my head was, um, oh, okay. Well, it's seeing without. Sorry, it's believing without seeing. And sure enough, when I looked at the dictionary, um, it said, um, you know, something along the lines of what I already knew. Um, It said, knowing without a shadow of doubt that something is real, even though we can't physically see it. Mm. So I know that's basic. So I searched again. I thought, okay, there must be more. So another um, definition I found for faith was complete trust or having strong belief based on a spiritual conviction rather than proof. And this kind of just, again, just reaffirmed. I thought, yeah, this is getting close. So this is getting pretty good to a great definition for faith because I just find both those concepts genuine, you know, the word genuine and the word faith are really, you know, they, they sound surface level and simplistic, but they're actually not. Yeah. Like there's a lot involved with both, both of those terms. And I thought, oh, I just need to do this justice because it's such a wonderful question. Um, and of course, like I said earlier, the scripture had over a hundred, hundred verses about faith. Um, and, again, like I love returning to the word because every time I'm fumbling or confused, it always makes it clear for me. Um, and it wasn't until then that I could honestly say I think, I think I've think i grasped exactly what it means. Um, and, and I do honestly believe that faith is a gift. Mm. And I'm so grateful for it and I'm so grateful more so that you guys have it. Um, you know that that to me is the greatest gift of all. Um, I love so much in in scriptures about how I, how it explained faith, um particularly in Hebrews, and there's many verses in in the book of Hebrews that explain it, but the ones that really stood out for me were for whoever would draw near to God must believe he exists, and faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. And, oh, man, I just loved it. I just I every that, time yeah. I feel like every time I read the scripture, mm-hmm. I just feel like, oh, a light bulb goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, or in Corinthians, we walk by faith, not by sight. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I hope we've established the two crucial concepts in your question regarding genuine faith. So I thought, okay, now I've got part A, part B, I, I, you know, how are we going to marry these? How are we going to connect them so that I'm giving you a, a really clear and definitive answer? So to, to put it simply, now that I've looked at both definitions, I believe it's the truthful, earnest, and the most authentic belief that God is here. You know, Jesus is real, and, and we have written proof of his existence, but we have spiritual proof of his existence every day in every single thing. Uh, and it is, it's It's not things that we have to see. It's not the obvious. It's those hidden things too. Like it could be, oh, my goodness, it could be in the morning dew. It could be in the rain. It could be in the rainbow. It could be as grandiose as a baby being born or, you know, just being in nature and just in awe of God's creation, you know, or it could be just the little things, like little things of emotions. I can't believe, you know, I can actually be happy and joyful yeah. and have another emotion of you know anger and you know it, it's just amazing to me the the human spirit that and the gifts mm-hmm. that God has given us um and it, it's also just being truthful and knowing 100% certain that Jesus is our lord and savior even though we can't see him we know like i just said in everything he's there his hand is in every, in everything you know Just in everything, if he is a God that with an uh, infinite number of stars and sands, you know, on the beaches, but yet he knows us, like nothing is impossible, nothing. Um, And we know he's with us. Uh, We have transparent belief. You know, we understand and, and, and be unashamed to admit it. You know, even though we can't see him physically, by you know, I wish we could. It would have been awesome to be in,
1: the, <laughs> in his time, yeah.
2: but you know, he's with us. You know, you know, his word is truth, and 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 we can feel him. We can th- feel him through the Holy Spirit. We can hear through him through Scripture and his word, um, through worship and prayer, through through you know just the word of a friend and enc- word of encouragement. Um, so I think genuine faith is all around us. It's it's exactly what, you know, the definitions combined are. It's it's truthfulness, authenticness, and realness in believing in God, even though you can't see him. Okay. Um, but my favourite thing that amalg- <laughs> amalgamated the two was where John said, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have good works? The faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So I'll show you my faith by my works. You see that a person is justified by work and not by faith alone. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. I'm like, whoa, yeah. like that is a weapon against everything and anything. And when I read that, and I've, I've read it so many times before, but, you know, because your question brought it to my attention, it really reaffirmed that and gave me a sense of not not arrogant power, but power of love and yeah. the power of God. and it just was. Oh, I just felt the Holy Spirit when I when I discovered that. Um, so I guess it's one thing to say, you know, you have faith, but I believe to have genuine faith, you got to walk the walk. You know, you you just you can't just talk the talk, it's in our deeds, it's in our actions. And it's so funny because my high school motto was indeed not word. And I finally am using it practically because I can fully understand what it means. It's, it's not just about what we say, but it's about what we do. And if we really are genuine in our faith, then, you know, it'll exude in everything we think in everything we say and everything we do in every interaction we have in all our relationships. Um, you know, what we hear you know, everything, our perception towards everything and anything. So I hope that answers your question. I know it was really long-winded, but it was such a great question and and I loved it so much.
0: What an incredible answer. Oh my gosh, mum.
1: Sorry to interrupt this incredible conversation, but we just wanted to take a quick moment to thank the sponsor of this episode, Stonebreaker Lawyers. Headed by Jonathan Stonebreaker, Stonebreaker Lawyers offers a variety of affordable, legal and property contracting services founded on strong Christian values. For our younger listeners, purchasing or selling a property can be an absolute minefield. Having someone you can trust and with the right knowledge, particularly when it comes to contracts, is so important. For our older listeners, it might be time to sit down and revisit your wills and estate plans. Having someone who shares similar faith values to you can make a world of difference when it comes to legal matters particularly those that involve family, small businesses, charities, and churches. We've seen firsthand the care, compassion, and competence that John and his team put into all of their client interactions. If you'd like to learn more, visit stonebreakerlawyers.com.au. That's stone, B-R-A-K-E-R, lawyers.com.au. Enjoy the rest of this amazing episode.
0: Okay, I want to I ask you this question. Um, why do you love having a relationship with God? I genuinely don't think I've ever asked you that question before.
2: Okay. And you know what? I, it's another one of those things where I just go I, to myself, I love having a relationship with God. But again, thanks to you know the opportunity of you asking me, it gave me the chance to really delve into why I do love having a relationship with God. There are so many reasons. Um, there is so much to love. Um, but what I think a key thing here is to remember is that you know, a relationship is the way in which two or more things are connected. Um, it's a state of connection. And and again, you know, this isn't just a surface level thing where God is, you know, sitting on his throne. He's so far removed from us. His, you know, we always look up in heaven. And I know as a child, I imagined him on, you know, his golden throne and wearing a crown. Yeah, and a with white like robes robe and, and stuff. Yeah. And exactly. And he seems so far away, but yeah. Why I love having a relationship with him is because I feel that connection, mm. you know, and and it, it's like a relationship. It's like a positive relationship with anybody, um, but particularly with Jesus, you know, like oh my gosh, it, it's a, a relationship that surpasses all relationship and relationships, and at the same time assists all relationships, mm, yeah. gels all relate like it's the relationship of relationships, um, and. And if you're lucky enough, you know, in this life, you'll come across, you know, your direct family who who want the best for you, you know, if you're lucky. Um, And if you're really, really lucky, and this is really difficult, but if you're additionally lucky, then you'll have friends and more than one friend. You might have a handful of friends, and that's really winning the lottery, um, who want the best for you and who love you unconditionally, without conditions, without judgment, without, uh, you know, expectations. Mm -hmm. And without realizing this, we, we have this, we have this already in Jesus, mm. you know, and, and everything else, you know, worldly is a bonus yeah. because we already have it. You know, he, he doesn't even ask anything in return, but just to follow him. That's it. Just follow me. That's, that's it. Love, love yourselves as, you know, and your neighbor. And, and I kind of think, well, what's so hard about that? He's not asking for anything. Um, You know where do you find this life bestie? You know, and I know we're we're the three of us are so blessed because we do have that life bestie. But this one man, like he's not only like your best friend; he's your you know he can take the role of your brother, your father, Mm -hmm. your mother, your gosh, your psychologist. (laughs) You know, you name Name it, it. teacher. You bet, you bet. He's all of those things and then more. You know, Um, and where would you find? In any relationship where somebody gives you more than they take, you know, never in any of our worldly relationships, you know, rarely, you know, we're, none of us are perfect, you know, not, we're all going to slip up. So sometimes we are going to, you know, take more than we give, but not Jesus, not in that relationship, you know, um, where are you going to find someone that one hundred percent only wants what's best for you. Only for you. Not for themselves. Not for what might benefit all oh, that other person. Oh, if you do that, it'll it'll help that person. no. It's all about what's best for you. Protect you from harm, surround you but you know with unconditional love. Will never ever hold a grudge, never get angry at you, never judge you or punish you or talk behind your back or gossip. And not only that, but what kind of a friend do you have that you can call on 247 to do all of those things. Well, you know, that that's the relationship with Jesus and that's what I love so much. And and knowing him and knowing that he is that sort of companion, um, it just gives me this peace, you know, and gives me such a comfort that it's quite inexplicable. Like so often, you know, the Holy Spirit moves in so many different ways. to, especially for someone like me. And I know it's moving when I'm speechless and I'm speechless where it comes to trying to describe, you know, why that relationship is so important. Um, it, it's like a safety net, like, you know, um, on the Incredibles, I don't know which of the Incredibles and they have that shield as their superpower. It's that, like, that's God's armor over us. You can't find, that's, yeah. you know, you can't find that. And, you know, it's, it's unbelievable how he can make everything that's bad or everything that's meant to hurt us work for us rather than against us for our good. And just knowing that, just by having him and and by following him and by asking him, that's what you get. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I don't. I don't
0: know what more we can ask. No. I don't. If somebody asked me that question, I'd be like, um, I don't know how to explain it. That was I- amazing, mom. Yeah. Really hard. So, Mum, what made you want to become a teacher? Uh,
2: I think I hope I haven't repeated myself because I, I, I'm thinking back of that first podcast that you guys were kind enough to invite me to, but I don't know whether this was a question. Anyway, I guess what made me become a teacher? Um, when I was a teenager, I was about 14 or 15, I was lucky enough um, we had our neighbours and you know that these old neighbours of ours have um, become our family. You know, Ben and Romy, if you're listening, which I hope you are, we're talking about you um, they, they moved in next door when I was about 14 and, um, Romy wasn't born yet. Ben was just a baby. But once Romney was born, um, she was born on my 14th birthday, actually best present ever. Um, I was given the luck and opportunity to be able to babysit them. You know, they were my, our neighbors and they just actually, they're more than neighbors. They were our family. I, I, there's no other word for, for these guys. Anyway, I loved it. I would look after them and I would get excited. And sometimes even if I wasn't due to babysit, I would want to go over there and just be with them. And every time they would come to the house, I would get all excited. And I genuinely love them. Like I truly, like, and I still do, I adore them. Um, and mind you, they're parents themselves <laughs> now. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, And and I remember back then a lot of my friends, you know, I was the oldest sibling in our family with just, you know, Uncle Charles, one younger brother. But a lot of my friends had a lot of older siblings and a lot of the older siblings were already having babies. So lots lots of my peers were already becoming aunties. And part of me thought, oh, you know what? I'm just going to have Ben and Romy as like my niece and nephew because I love them so much. Anyway, I know that's kind of like off the track a bit, but that was kind of the foundation as to why or what I guess what, was the igniter into wanting to be a teacher because it was through those two little munchkins that I realized how much I loved being with kids. And I remember one day grandma said to me, you know, cause I guess I must've come home and I was telling her, you know, Oh, I had such a fun day and you know, they're so cute and I love them and they're so funny. Anyway. And grandma said, well, you know what? If you like kids so much, then, you know, why don't you become a teacher? And before that, I'd never thought of it. I was, uh, I'm guessing I was in about year nine and I thought, I didn't even know. I had no thoughts of what I wanted to do. I think somewhere at the back of my mind I was thinking, oh, I might be a travel agent. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Because back then there was no internet. You had to actually go to an office to book a holiday. And I thought, oh, that might be interesting, you know. uh, Anyway. Um, And that was it. Once Grandma said that and I had that idea in my head, I was focused. I didn't want any distractions. Um, it was like a light bulb moment. I thought, wow, I've never considered myself as a teacher. And you know what? After that idea went into my head, I couldn't imagine myself being anything but. I literally
0: can't imagine mom doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, and, and I just was like, why didn't I think of this sooner? Anyway, like I said, once I knew that was it, um, I did, I then, I guess, 10, I suppose it was, I did my work experience through a friend's mum and I got to have a week at a special school. And that just reaffirmed it. After that week, I was like, yep, you know, the next two years I'm focusing. I need to get that, you know, back then it was a HSE score, not an ATAR. I need to get that score. I need to get into what was back then, teachers college. Um, And then what was really funny is when I was in year six and here I was thinking, you know, as a 15-year-old, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no aspirations. I had no goals Until this, of course. But when I was in year six, our teacher made us do this project called the Me File. And it was probably one of the best assignments I think I've ever done. And she made us do it in sort of bits and pieces throughout the year. And it was all about ourselves. And I remember she made us write a poem about what we wanted to be when we grew up. And it wasn't until what was that year six, I was what, 11 until I was 15. So four years later, I don't know what I don't know how I stumbled on it. It was in my room. Maybe I was cleaning my room. I don't know. But I opened it and I read a poem that I had written in year six and Mm. one of the lines in it was, I wanted to be a teacher. I was like, wow, I completely forgot about that. So I think subconsciously it's something I've always, you know, wanted and been called to do. Mm. Um, So, yeah, uh, um, and that was it. Then, you know, I I worked hard in year 11 and 12 to get that ATAR. I did. I remember, no, not ATAR then, but (laughs) Um, and when I did, and I remember we had to check the newspaper to see whether or not we got into the course we wanted to. And Are you serious? <laughs> I did, yep. And you know, it was it was a real, really um, exciting moment in my life to to know that I'd got accepted. And then it changed from. Uh, Gosh, I think back then it was called a College. Then it got all fancy and went to University of Western Sydney, or is that what it is now? Okay, no, you, well then it was. Know. You know, I can't remember. It's changed that many times, but anyway, what U- UWS is is what I got into, and I loved it. And you know, um, I was lucky enough. Honey Iris came with me, and you know, and uh, yeah, that was that. And it was it was the you know, the best three years ever. That's yeah. amazing.
0: I had no idea about the ins and the outs as to what made you want to become yeah. a teacher. And then I loved it. And I loved my prax. I had the best
2: time and I knew that this was what I wanted to do because I never wanted my prax to end. And and I just was excited, you know, I'd be up early the next morning and enthusiastic and really? yeah,
0: I just loved it. I just I just That's loved so it. awesome. I think hearing that story, I can definitely, even though you didn't mention anything about God within it, I feel like I can sense you know, and it's clear that he was obviously speaking through that. That was something that you were called to do way back when you're in oh, sixth grade. When I was so, reflecting, that's exactly what well, I thought. This is the the next question I have for you, Mum. Is um, where can you see God's hand over the choices you made throughout the process of becoming a teacher? Oh my gosh! Well, like we just said, it
2: was in there from the beginning. From the beginning, no doubt. And and you know, again, thinking about this question today, oh gosh. I I see his hand not just in the process of my decision of becoming a teacher, but I see his hand in every single thing in every day that I know this is my purpose. This is what he wanted me to do. You know, my feet are exactly where he wants them um and have been throughout the entirety of the 30 years of my career um I see it you know I see it in the joy of of the kids faces that I'm blessed enough I think what an honor like I just look every day and think what an honor this is for me and what a huge responsibility and I don't take it lightly I, I take it seriously as much as I love it and have fun you know I do take my responsibility seriously. And I guess it just comes from loving and respecting this vocation so much. Um, But, you know, I see it in the joy of my kids' faces, you know, just the little things. um, You know, I've always been blessed. No matter how challenging this job can get, no matter how bad a day can be, Um, I've always just come home, I love it, you know, I love it. I've always had supportive people around me. I've been blessed with meeting and coming across some of the most wonderful mentors and uh, just beautiful friends, you know, either through the community or through peers, like, and colleagues. Um, and, And they've been a huge influence too throughout the 30 years. And I'm so grateful. You know, it's the kind of job that this in combination with being a mother, you know, was perfect because it was funny when I was first pregnant with Mia, people say, oh, you know, you'll be right. You'll be right. Your first baby, you're a primary school teacher. But I can honestly say that Teaching didn't help me with my parenting nearly half as much as what parenting helped me become a better teacher. You know, it really gave me huge empathy for for how how tricky this job can be, you know, as a parent. And it also made me less quick to judge and and you know, if I could go back to my pre-parenting teaching self, um, yeah, I've got a few lessons I could I could show her. Um, and, you know, I can also see God's hand just not just by the people as in the kids, as in my colleagues, as in the communities, um, but just oh, how I feel at the end of each day. Like at the end of each day, I feel like, yes, you know, that was a good day. Like even though it wasn't, I just feel like I've done something today. I've I've achieved something. I've pleased Jesus today, you know. And, and mind you, there have been moments where it's, oh, my gosh, it's really challenging on your emotions Um, But those days where I haven't lost it or where I haven't just gone into a heap of, you know, I'm like, yep, God's hand is in this. God is giving me strength today or God is giving me patience today. Mm -hmm. Everything I've needed to end up with that feeling at 3 o'clock, I know it's it's been through God's hand because some of those days, man, you know, particularly, you know, in some of those challenging schools I've been in in the past where it's like, man, without him, uh, a, I probably wouldn't still be here, and B, I wouldn't have got through my day. That's for sure. um But it's such, yeah, such a rewarding feeling to know that you know, with me, and and not just that, but his perfect time moved me from school to school. You know, I've, I, like I said, this is my thirtieth year teaching, and I've I've taught in six different schools. Which maybe to some people it's not many, maybe to some it's heaps because I know some people have been in the one, you know, for their whole career, and that's admirable too. But. Um, So two of those schools, you know, uh, I was at for 10 and 13 years out of these 30, and when I reflect back on the times that I did move, um, I know that it was in God's perfect time. You know, he moved me because for whatever reason he felt at the time I needed growth, I needed something else. I, you know, whatever I was feeling I was lacking at the time, God gave me by moving me and I gained it, yeah.
0: Yeah. So on top of mum's 30-year career in teaching, she decided to go back to university two years ago? Yeah, 2019. 2019 um, to study counselling, which was like a huge decision for you. And I know it was challenging at times, but what made you want to go back to uni and study counselling in particular?
2: Okay. I guess I was at... Um, a bit of a crossroads, I suppose, in so many parts of my life. You know, I had been at the same school for, you know, that was the majority of my teaching career was at the same school. And although I loved it, I was beginning to feel a little bit inadequate where the role I was in at that school for such a long time required me to um, support kids more with social and emotional well-being than academic and I was at a loss. I'm like, man, you know, I need to know more. I need to, if I if I really want to fulfill this role properly, and I was feeling like I wasn't, I needed more learning. I needed more growth. And it was funny because while I was having that thought, you know, there was shifts happening with, um, you know, staff, you know, good friends were leaving and changes were happening all around me. And I was approaching 50 and you guys were finishing school. I'm like, now nah, you know what? I, I've got to do something. This is, I've got to start, you know, getting things in motion and God pushed me towards it. And again, his hand was in it the whole time. Um, And it was actually thanks to Tash, thanks to Tash Collins, who put you guys in touch with um, where I studied. And the minute I spoke to them, I knew I'm like, yeah, this is it. I knew I didn't want a big campus. I knew I wanted something
0: intimate. It was Christian counseling,
2: Well, it was a Christian campus um, with a Christian focus on counseling. So which means I can have a Christian focus with my counselling. But in saying that, that doesn't necessarily limit my clients to only being Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just knew it again in God's perfect time, because when in God's perfect time, everything fell into place. Mm -hmm. You know, I was fortunate enough to still hold on to my position and just do a couple of days and study and have the flexibility because you guys, you know, were old enough to independently work on your HSC and things like that. Mm -hmm. So Again, it was in God's perfect time and I loved it. It was the best year of, of growth and learning, you know, ever and also in my faith because I met so many Christians and, and non Christians too, but I loved I loved having that commonality with so many people. Um I, I loved feeling part of a community, you know, of of like minded people.
0: Yeah. I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was funny that we're both doing um, assessments at the same time. <laughs> we're doing your assessments, and so, will so we. Was bad. Remember all the times mum asked for help and, with well, the technology, I <laughs> the tech, technology. tech stuff.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I loved it. I loved
0: okay, it. Okay. Um. Okay. So when we're talking about because you your story before about talking about why you started teaching and how God's hand was over it reminds me of something what Elise said in her episode about how typically you hear like your purpose. You know, it comes first and then your passion comes after but she thinks that where your passion lies is where your purpose lies which is exactly what I feel is evident in your story too so um why why does doing i guess pursuing your calling and passion as a teacher every day like what is that teaching you more about your faith each day that you do it
2: yeah well just you know knowing that god has been a part of this journey um and that comes with Having him in my life, that's why I know that. Um, it's just given me a great sense of security and knowing, like I said, I'm exactly where God needs me to be. Um, and I love knowing that I am pleasing him by by doing you know his wishes, I am where he wants, I'm and I feel it, I know it every day. But you're right about the you know the passion and and your falling, um, you know, because there's no 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 point pursuing something you're not passionate about. Mm You know, and I don't think God would place you somewhere if He didn't ignite that in you. You know He wants what's best for us and only good for us, and He's not going to put us like you know He he's never going to put me in an office job, and that's not because office jobs aren't wonderful and you know and rewarding. It just is not for me. You know He He places people where He feels that their gifts and talents and. Um, I, I guess um, passions are going to be ignited and fueled, right? Um, so, yeah, so realizing that my vocation is truly a path um, that he's put me on. Oh man, I just feel just abundant gratitude. Like seriously with my gratitude, all I want to do is just show thanks and just be thankful. I'm just like, thank you, God. Like every day I'm just like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, I can't believe that I am privileged enough to do something that I love to do. But then again, you know, with his help, I don't think he'd make us do anything if he knew we'd love it to begin with. Yeah, that's true. Or put us somewhere, you know, and, and I also think it's then up to us and our own responsibility to kind of go, you know what, I'm not happy. Mm. I know God doesn't want me to be unhappy. I need to start making some changes. And it's also about taking on that responsibility and getting proactive for yourself as well. Um, But, yeah, like, you know, again, he's with me all day. Like some days I can feel it. Like if, you know, I've got a kid that's testing me, (laughs) I'll be like, okay, God, I will just pray. And, you know, my frustrations alleviate. So. I guess what does doing um, my calling teach me about my faith? It's just how crucial it is and just how important it is in every aspect of our life, every
0: aspect. Okay, Mum, so genuine faith looks like living it out well through love, which you do so well. So why do you think it's important to do that? Because I see you do it, oh, my gosh, every day in your work and in your community and in your new alpha group and your connect group. So why do you think that's so important? Well,
2: it's the most important commandment, you know, it's his greatest commandment to, to love others. Um, you know, and, and it's easy, you know, when you have so, oh gosh, so much love to give, you know, it's like that. I always think of that primary school book you know, filling buckets, can't fill other people's buckets unless yours is full. And, and you know, I I'm so blessed because I, ha- I, I feel the abundance of his love. I feel the abundance of your love. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that are, are not as fortunate mm-hmm. um, or who don't recognize love or who are lonely and, you know, don't have what we have. But because we do, I just kind of want to give it, like, I just want to give it, give it freely, you know, like that whole cute little meme or whatever it's called where it says <laughs> sprinkle kindness like confetti yeah you know it's just like that there's a swear word in that quote mom it's easy no I don't think so I know the woman's swearing in it (laughs) it's easy you know it's easy when you when when your bucket is so full or when you're so full of love and and I'm not saying it's easy for everybody but I'm really 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 grateful that it's easy for me um and and I think by being that way you know by having genuinenity and authenticity you you develop those real relationships you know because by being authentic, it's easy to be vulnerable and it's easy mm-hmm. to be who you really, really are. And that's how you get the, you know, those relationships in return.
0: Yeah. So, Mum, a way that you have experienced God and has given you like genuine faith is through Godwinks. Mm-hmm. My favourite. Yeah, <laughs> what has looking for Godwinks taught you about having faith? Oh, gosh. Okay.
2: It just reaffirms faith. You know, It's just yeah. one of those tangible things that sometimes you just need that extra nudge, you know, or that extra wink. you know, And that's what I love about how Squire Rational in his books refers to God winks. It's like that warm mm-hmm. wink that your grandma or a loved one gives you and that's all they need. And you get this reassurance and that's really all it is. And it's not to test God. It's not to see if he's there or not, because we know that he is. I, I've always looked at God winks as um, guides and, you know, I've really only used them um, as answers to my prayers when I've been at really, really crucial crossroads in my life where I've needed that, where I've, where I've really craved it, you know, and, and, um, I can't just go off my, myself. I need God and I need him to show up in a big way, um, or in a big way that is big to me, or that is really, really meaningful to just me, no one else to just me. Um, and I love the term God winks. Um, you know, some of us Call them signs. I know Annie Michelle in in the states loves to call them God nods, where he kind of nods at you, and I love that too. Um, you know, some people call them you know, God's greetings or you know, God said hi, whatever. I just I just love all of those terms for tangible signs that God God shows us to help guide us, um, to help us with decisions, to help us reaffirm any doubts that we might have about something that's going on in our life. Um, and when you get one, mm-hmm. oh my gosh! Just that feeling is it's like you
0: need to have faith to believe that He will of give course. it, like give you and, them. And, and, and yeah, them.
2: exactly. You know, without that, well, they're pointless. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, they're they're they're, they're meaningless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to have you have to have that foundation. Well, that first. was a driving force behind our our whole story. I feel like everybody listening already knows our testimony. But your perspective was that you had to ask God for those wings. Oh, you didn't even know they were called Godwings until I didn't know they were. called. Well, I just call them for signs. Yeah, I just call them for
2: signs, and it it's funny because um, now I'm noticing I don't even have to ask for them. He just gives them to me when he. I I know he knows I need them. I'll be like, oh, you showed up again, God. I knew it. Um, but the two, I guess, most. Uh, significant ones, I guess, was um, in my journey and your journey. Like I know when I first met your dad, you know, I was really unsure of whether, not, no, I I always knew that he was the one. I always thought, no, no, he's, he's the guy, you know, he, I'm going to marry this guy and that's that. But what I really wanted was more than just my opinion on that. You know, I was only 20 when I met Dad, so I was only your age when I met Dad, but I knew kind of right away and I thought I can't just rely on myself for this decision, you know. If I'm going to pursue this relationship and continue to put all my heart and soul in this, I need God's hand, you know, and I need to know that God is in this with me and I'm not just flying off myself, you know. And so I remember um, saying a prayer and I was like, okay, God. And, you know, I was 20 and nowhere near you know, as close. What you know what? I did feel close, but the relationship was different. You know how like you grow, right? So you think of yourselves as little toddlers. Your relationship with dad and I is different to yeah. your relationship as 20-year-old, and that's going to change when you guys become. So it's, it's like that. It's the evolving relationship that we have, and I've, I feel so blessed that I feel like I've really, really had one with God pretty much all my life. Mm-hmm. You know, but evolving, changing, it's transient, you know, and and at that stage I was like, okay, all right, God, you know, if, if this is the guy for me and, you know, you know how much I love him and, you, you know, give me a sign then, go on, kind of thing. You know, I was almost daring God in a way, which was quite bold and not in a disrespectful way, but I just needed it and that was my 20-year-old self, you know, trying to get that. And I remember I was at school, I was teaching, it was my first year of teaching and I was on um, release and the first thing I thought of was, all right, I'm going to choose a colour. That's basic. That's easy. Give me something red. Go on, God, I dare you. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot about it. And then it was so funny because I was sitting, uh, I was on my break and m- my colleague next to me offered me, she had a big jar of jelly beans um, on her desk. Huge. There would have been, I don't know, at least 500 different coloured jelly beans in that jar. She handed over the jar and said, here, grab one. Anyway, without looking, I was looking down at my desk. I've just kind of reached over and I pulled out a handful of jelly beans and I think there's probably about five or six jelly beans in my hand. Mm -hmm. Every single one was red. And I'm like, ah, this this isn't it. This is too coincidental. You know, that whole notion of coincidence, Mm -hmm. which really as Christians we know is not, you know, they're God's hands. It's God's shift um, or God's nudge, you know, whatever you want to phrase it by. But and then I thought, no, not enough. And that afternoon we were doing craft and I had a kindy class and I sent three kids down to the office and said, I the office ladies I need some cardboard for our craft lesson. They said, they came back and said, what color? And I said, I don't really care. Just get whatever we need the cardboard. That was all I was worried about. They came back. Every single piece of cardboard was red. I was like, it's too much. All right, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, the thing that really solidified it was I was with Uncle Charles that afternoon and we were in this really obscure place. We went to visit a friend of his, his grandmother in a nursing home. Never have I been there in my life. And I only really went to accompany Uncle Charles, you know, it was like just random. I was sitting there waiting for him. I think he might have been visiting with his friend and um, the cleaner walked past with a trolley of towels. And it was so funny because the towels, the cleaner was complaining that the Terry towels that she had, had turned red and she pulled them all out. And every single Terry towel was red. And that was it. I, you just, it was like a punch in the gut, like a spiritual one in a way, in a good way. My dad's name
0: is Terry for people yeah.
2: who don't know. <laughs> and it was like, it's literally like God shaking me going, this is it. Like, hello. I don't know how many times I can show you, but that's how he works. That's his miracle because I knew it. By that time, I was like, there was not a shadow of a doubt that God's hand was in this relationship. And I think maybe 12 months later, we were engaged and yeah, now thirty. One, whatever, and seven years later. You know, Dad (laughs) Dad and I. You know, God's hand has been in our in our marriage ever Mm -hmm. since. But that was one, and then obviously the second one was your story. Um, And I know I've had millions along the way, but without recognizing them and. The the one with your story was probably my most um. See, it, the the funny thing was with dads that was a happy thing. You know, I was elated and I was happy and I was excited and I was. But this this was really this was a challenge for us to know what to do. You know with with what was going on with you guys and you know, like God wants for us, it's all we want for you. You know, we're living on borrowed time with you guys, so naturally we only want what's best for you. And we knew that the environment you were in at the time was not what God wanted. We knew it. It couldn't have been. You know, you were miserable. You were surrounded with misery and toxicity. And we just thought, this is no longer about building strength and resilience. This is more, you know, God is really working in a way here that we just can't figure out why yet. And and I just remember asking, going, God, why? What do I do? You know, this has been going on for months. You know, the the sadness and the, the, the darkness of the bullying and the just heaviness of all of it was, you know, as you guys know, starting to take its toll on, on on the six of us, especially you guys, but dad and I probably more than anything we've encountered in our parenting journey. And I just couldn't figure out why. I'm like, why is this happening? What is it that you want to teach us? What is it that you want to show us? You know, what, what do you want us to learn from this? Where do you want to direct us? And I remember Stevie Joe praying with me, and I'll never forget it actually, where he said, you know, God works. His plan is to get all of this for good. Yeah. You just have to have faith. And I'm like, well, where is this good coming from? God, you know, I need to know that you are going to be with me through this process. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we were in Yosemite, middle of nowhere. And I remember looking up, you guys were asleep in the back of the car. We were in the, the village of all, well, we weren't even in the village. I think we were, gosh, I don't even know where, where it was like the middle of nowhere. And I remember looking up at the sky And again, you know how God makes it meaningful where you kind of go, yep, that's exactly for me. It's for nobody else. It's directed at me. There was a really obscure vapor trail in the sky and it looked displaced. Like it looked like it didn't belong. It was vertical. It was vertical. So I looked at it. I'm like, that's just weird. I'm like, surely God, is that, is this really what you're, you know, the sign that you, is this what you, you know, you're trying to show me? Anyway. As you guys know, we were traveling along and I forgot about it. And I picked up the Godwings book on our travels. And I thought, gee, maybe this is a Godwing." That's right, because it was on sale at it was on sale Barnes, Barnes and, and Noble. I walked I in. totally I forgot. that. as soon I totally as I walked in, about. there it was. And for some reason, I went, oh, I think this is what God is trying to tell me. Yeah. And then I started reading it and reading it. And I didn't put it down. I thought, wow, okay, maybe yeah, this was crying. a Godwing." I was is. crying <laughs> reading the stories, retelling the stories. <laughs> And then um, I remember we, by this stage, you know, we were already so far into our trip and Mia was getting closer and closer to starting college and I was starting to get more and more consumed with her and where she was headed that I kind of forgot. Um, And I, I knew I had to start, you know, thinking about that because it was already getting closer to the end of our holiday, closer to the school year. But one thing I did know was there was no way I wanted to send you back into that environment.
0: It didn't feel like we're going back either. I, we I just had knew no it. I didn't know what I was
2: I going to do. I didn't know what I was going to do. And then both you and I, Paige, you were searching for a distance end, remember? So that was it. All of, this, all of these thoughts were going through my head, you know, and um, God just basically shut out all the distractions and got me to see the truth because, We were at that random place again, you know, and and it's funny because I love Pastor Jack's analogy of GPS, God's positioning system, Mm -hmm. because we were using a literal GPS. But when I look back, I think no, that was God's positioning system because we're in the back of Austin in some suburb outside the middle now. Inside, exactly. We we could have been anything. We could have, but God's positioning system, our GPS. Put me right there where Ben and dad were getting their hair cut. Oh,
0: this is the second God wink. This is
2: the second God wink, right? So Ben and dad are having their hair cut and the the guy's like, oh, look, you know, we only take cash. I'm like, what places only take cash? Are you serious? And I remember thinking, had he not, had he taken credit card, I would not have seen this. Mm -hmm. So this is how God joins the dots for our greater good because I knew then and there that this second God wink was for me and only for me. So he said, you know, Uh, we we only take cash. So I'm like, okay. So there I am walking in this shopping mall I had never been to in my life. I had no idea where to go to found myself outside, lost. Well, what I thought was lost, but really God was navigating me exactly where he needed me to be at the exact time. And I look up and there's another one, an obscure vertical vapor trail in the sky. But this one kind of took my breath a little where I was like, that's random. Yeah, (laughs) Like I had just finished reading God Wings. I'd seen that first one. I had that subconscious sort of spiritual conversation with God that at this stage none of you knew about, right? It wasn't until that few days later where we were giving Mia her farewell lunch and we went to that beautiful place called the Oasis. So for those of you listening, it's a beautiful restaurant cut into a cliff that overlooks the Austin River and it is just breathtaking. It's beautiful. And I remember we got there and um, we really wanted a table outside, but we were worried because it was busy. And I'm like, oh gosh, we're going to miss the sunset, you know. And then again, God's perfect time. Our family left the table outside and the waitress escorted us to this Perfect table that not only had this incredible view of the river, but it was right in the middle. The sun was setting, and I remember just as we were sitting down, looking, and and you were seated none facing of you. Knew it. That God and I had this deal, and we sat, and I was sitting right in the middle, so I had this perfect view of what was. I can only describe the hugest, most you know, prominent, unbelievable prominence. God wink that I've ever, and I don't know whether I'll ever experience one like it in my lifetime again. I mean, I hope I do because that moment was just unbelievable. So as far to my left as I could see to as far right as I could see, that was it. I had this moment where you guys were there, but you weren't there. It was just me and God. And I knew that He was saying to me, get him out, get him out and follow, follow, follow where I'm leading you, follow where I'm leading you. And that's what I heard, and then I remember, and that was it. And then, you know, I just was like, that's it. You're not going back. The decision's been made, but it wasn't by me. It
0: was by God. Honestly, nothing makes us feel more blessed than knowing we were raised by literally the most incredible mom. We hope in just this short amount of time you gained some of the wisdom we have been blessed with all of our lives. We owe our mom so much of who we are and we hope you have taken something away from her guidance. Have the most incredible week and stay tuned for next Saturday.